What is that? What is that? No, what do you mean scheduler? No, 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 no. What is this shit here? Get off here. I speak tonight for the dignity of man and the destiny of the man. ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. We are going live on YouTube. We are live on YouTube. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the moment no one's been waiting for, we're going live on Facebook Live. It's saying starting live video. The live video has begun. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How are you? Good evening. It is a Saturday night in America. It's Saturday night. Um, it's not Saturday night in the whole world. In a different part of the world, it's either Sunday or Friday. But I don't know how that works. But it is a Saturday night here in Arizona. It is 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tonight is what we call our special, our comedy, our big Saturday night comedy jubilee. That doesn't mean that I tell you more jokes that I'm necessarily funny. That's just what we call it. This is a special edition of our show, Living on a Thin Line. We bring it to you every other day, Monday through Friday and Sunday at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We hope it's your daily distraction uh, from uh, a lot of the stress and worries and woes that are going on right now on planet Earth. It is for me, I'll be perfectly frank, to be able to connect with uh, those of you that I am able to connect with through uh, this medium uh, does my uh, heart cheer, uh, and I enjoy it very much. So we all just we decided Saturday night would be kind of special, so we would dress up a little bit for our Saturday night. Uh, so I got on this jacket, which I don't know if I'm going to keep. Uh, I had it on. Shirley goes, I don't know about the jacket. And then I go, yeah. And then I went, oh, you know what? You know, like any petulant schoolboy, I'm wearing a jacket. I, I think it gives me a Henry Hill look. You know, Henry Hill from Goodfellas. That whole kind of, look at that. That's, that's pretty sharp looking right there. Um, also, check it out. I mean, we went whole hog, okay? Cufflinks. Do you see them? Cufflinks. All right? I've always struggled with cufflinks. Uh, I own several pair. I went through phases where I bought stuff like that. So uh, who we got on right now? We got Vince Ramirez on. Look, Vince, look, cufflinks. All right, we got Randy Omo on. We got Lauren Molliver on. We got Sandy DePerna Phillips, L.C. Manning. A lot of great people. Uh, Lauren Molliver says he and his wife are playing Mahjong. That is good. I am so happy. Uh, we followed Lauren's journey. Uh, Lauren, who splits time between uh, Canada and uh, Arizona, Scottsdale, and I believe uh, Calgary, uh, with his lovely wife, uh, then found she was up there and there weren't any flights in, and he drove nonstop, I think practically nonstop from Scottsdale, home and then stayed in quarantine for 14 days they got a nice house i believe uh with enough room that they were in separate uh, areas of the house and now they're together you guys are one of the good stories of uh the corona situation 
So it's Saturday night. Uh, we got some great people here. Sandy Deperna Phillips, my very first road agent, a woman who I love. Uh, I, I can't describe uh, my feelings for Sandy. Just absolutely fantastic. Uh, we got a couple people popping on who were on. Uh, and Dickie Palmer is watching. Hello, Dickie. Now, Dickie Palmer is a guy that I knew from my road comedy days. Sandy DePerna Phillips used to book us into something called the Comedy Zone Creative Entertainment Gigs. And Dickie and I did a couple gigs back in the 80s and uh, have got that road bond. We were talking about what that is exactly, that uh, being a comic, being a road comic, uh, as I was, as Dickie was, it's the closest you get in the modern era to the Old West, where you're just riding your horse along the plains and it's empty for miles, but off in the distance, you see someone else riding a horse coming to you. And then about a quarter mile away, you go, Ray, is that you? Jeb, is that you? Well, I ain't seen you since Abilene. No, I saw you that time you shot me in Omaha. Well, I'm sorry about that. I was drunk. Well, you be good. And then they just ride their separate ways. But they always feel that they'll see one another again. Used to work on the roadway, guys. Wouldn't see him for a couple of years. Boom, book together. You pick right up. Like you'd seen him yesterday. That's the way it was when I talked to Dickie Palmer today. Great man. Wonderful guy. So uh, what do we got going tonight, ladies and gentlemen? I got a couple things because it's the Saturday Night Special. I got a new bobblehead. That's right. I know. I said we were done with bobbleheads. Now, I promised you three things tonight. Uh, I promised you the Booyah Mac Daddy of my autograph collection. And I also said uh, we would always do our recommendation of two albums. And I would tell you my Steve Jones Sex Pistol story. Okay, so I'm going to do those things. Let me adjust my mic. It's down a little low. And the reason it's down a little low is because um, if you look on my Facebook page and you scroll down, you'll see me sitting in what looks like uh, some sort of studio. And all that is is our bedroom. And my wife, Shirley, who is also the producer of the show, created an entire studio uh, for us last night. And we did our very first ever Zoom show, Class Clowns Comedy Showcase, uh, up to 60. We didn't invite a lot of people. We were tested it out up to 60, 65 people. Uh, I hosted the show. I had a lot of great comics on the show. So many to mention. Randy and DJ and Abhinav and Travis and John Ibrahim and uh, 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 Fred Scott and David John. And I know I'm missing some now. And they all worked together for the last few Wednesdays through this crazy first uh, section of uh, our Corona time. And even though uh, it was maddening and crazy, as we went from you can meet, you can't meet, uh, you can meet privately, you can't meet privately, uh, we still put together a fantastic show for everyone. Uh, we are in the process right now of setting up regular, uh, regular shows, regular uh, stand-up comedy shows on uh, other social media platforms that you're going to be able to attend. Um, I'm not ready to tell you about them today because I don't have all the bells and whistles worked out. But when I do, you're going to know about it. You'll be able to see some great comics and get some live, immediate, new entertainment. You know, the good thing about these guys, I've watched some, um, and it's they're doing yeoman's work, the uh, late night talk show people, the Saturday Night Live people. They're battling a couple things. They're battling the fact that for years, they walked in and it was like they were totally catered to, which you should be if you're going to be the major successful host of a late night talk show uh, that generates millions of dollars of income for your broadcast network. But they were also in that shell shock situation. Go, wow, how do we do this by ourselves in our house with a cell phone? Uh, for these guys that I'm working with now, that's not really the case. They are new and they're used to working under difficult circumstances like, hey, the mic went out. Hey, there's no lights. 
hey, there's a biker sitting there with a gun. Uh, <laughs> so they're used to dealing with a lot of adversity in their performance, and they put on a great show for the people that watched. There was the Class Clowns Comedy Showcase show. Um, within a week to 10 days, but within a couple of days, I'll be announcing it. We'll have some live Zoom shows that you'll be able to uh, purchase and attend. But I just want to say thank you to all the comics that were on that show last night. I don't know if anybody's got anything to say. I just got folks watching. If you got anything you want to talk about, uh, let's Oh, here we go. I'm getting these things here right now. So there we go. There we go. Hello, Alfonso. Jose Gonzalez watching me from right across the street. Okay, Marcy Mar Martinez Alvera. Hello, David Facey watching from Canada, I think. Are you still in Canada? Steve Shortbus, one of my favorite people. Uh, the Uptons are watching. Poland Sr. Shirley Visick is watching from right across the room. We're getting a great crowd here. Uh, let's talk about, um, I built this show around a couple things, and I don't want to keep belaboring it for people that watch all the time, but uh, we show you some sort of little knickknack or memorabilia that we have here in the house, and then recommend two albums from our vinyl collection. Uh, uh, I'm, so I'm going to give you a little special stuff tonight, because I did, I said we were done with bobbleheads, but nope, got one. Check it out, check it out, check it out, YouTube fans. Check it out. Can you make up that name? Can you make out that name, Facebook friends? That's right. Sharp bus says, I look like Mr. Feeney. I don't know who Mr. Feeney is. I'm sure that it's uh, a jab. But uh, uh, thank you for saying I look like anybody. It's uh, okay to uh, look like anyone right now when uh, you could look like no one at all. Uh, who is Mr. Feeney? Um, that, ladies and gentlemen, is a Paul Goldschmidt bobblehead. That's right. Mr. Arizona, Mr. Arizona Diamondback for so many great, for so many years, great ball player, oftentimes the only great ball player on some challenge teams, great man, great guy, uh, and recently was traded to my St. Louis baseball Cardinals. So I got two reasons like Paul Goldschmidt, and I got two reasons to have a Paul Goldschmidt bobblehead ball, and it's because, you know, it looks like two. Oh, wow. Oh, Wow. See, I bought this at a, uh, at like a little knickknack shop, and what we can notice here, I was going, why is he standing like that? The bat is broken out of his hand. The bat is broken out of his hand. So this bobblehead is almost like one of those Roman statues where they don't have any arms because the arms fell off. How cool is that? So that's your bobblehead for Saturday night. Now, the autograph that I promised I'd show you, the memorabilia that I have right now, Oh, 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 oh. Before I go on, I want to mention something. Uh, not only I get a chance to talk to old friend Dickie Palmer today, I also got to, uh, and very funny man, Dickie Palmer, I also got to talk to very funny man, John Wing, one of the funniest people I ever met, one of the driest, most acerbic senses of humor you will ever witness. You should uh, Google or YouTube him. You will enjoy him very, very much. And he has a podcast, and I'm going to put the link on my Facebook page tonight after the show. It's called The Bad Piano Player, and John, being the kind of man he is, it's a podcast solely dedicated to music from the 20s, 30s, and 40s. It's a podcast solely dedicated to music from the 20s, 30s, and 40s, and I love that. It's called The Bad Piano Player. It's on Spotify, my good friend John Wing. All right, are you ready for the autograph? Yes. Are you ready to see what we've got here in autograph land? Someone just say yes. Someone just type yes. Let me see a yes from somebody here. If I say, are we ready for what I'm saying is uh, the big dog in my autograph collection? Are you ready? Because if no one types yes, I'm, uh, 
I'm not going to show it, YouTube people. YouTube people, we are waiting for the Facebook people to say yes. They want to see the autograph. But so far, let's see now. I've been, I feel like an auctioneer. There we go. Craig Jacobson says yes. Tina and Mike Lawson say yes. All right. We're getting the yeses. Here it goes. It's kind of big. It's kind of bulky. Here we go. Look at that. YouTube fans, check that out. Okay? Kind of hard to see, but you know who that is. That, ladies and gentlemen, is an autographed picture of Robert Plant and Jimmy Page, Led Zeppelin, Plant and Page. Autographed Led Zeppelin, Plant and Page. How very cool is that? That is the Booyah Mac Daddy. That is the major stuff. Look at that. Now, I bought that at an auction. I actually bought that at an auction. That wasn't one like uh, my Fleetwood Mac, my Mick Fleetwood one, my brother got it for me, or even the Jerry Rice and the uh, Glenn Campbell with Josh McDermott got for me. But uh, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant, uh, Led Zeppelin was such a major, impactful band throughout uh, the late 60s, early 70s. You know how Led Zeppelin got their name? Was uh, someone mentioned to, um, gosh darn it, uh, it might have been, uh, been Jeff Beck when they told him that, uh, that Jimmy Page was forming a band. He might call it the New Yardbirds. He was gonna call it, they were going to call uh, the Led Zeppelin the New Yardbirds and that he was going to have Robert Plant as the lead singer. And I believe it was Jeff Beckman. Oh, well, that'll go over like a Led Zeppelin. And uh, Jimmy Page heard it went, all right then. That's who we are. We are Led Zeppelin. So uh, I never met anybody in Led Zeppelin. I met their road manager a long time ago. Great guy. Larger than life guy. Not Peter Grant. That was a different guy. This is a different road manager. So uh, large and impactful. Their music changed things. For many years, Jimmy Page was the... Um, that was the guy who you wanted to play like. All the way up till Eddie, Eddie Van Halen, by the way, many guitarists tell me. Uh, personally, I think with, uh, uh, with Eddie Van Halen and guys like Steve Vai, and especially Steve Vai, they kind of maybe did some damage to rock guitar uh, fundamentals because they were just all about speed and action, and it wasn't really connected to the melody of the song. Led Zeppelin was a very blues-based song. Matter of fact, they did a lot of great blues songs. As a matter of fact, early on, they did not credit the writers of those blues songs. And a lot of people attacked them for that. And there may have been a wide variety of reasons for it. They may not have known it. A bunch of, you know, skinny, malnourished kids from England still suffering from the vagaries of World War II. As, uh, um, uh, as uh, Keith Richards talked about, he goes, why are you guys all so skinny? He goes, because we grew up, we, well, because we grew up starving because there was no food because of the war and depression and whatnot. So uh, that, uh, Keith would have said like this, well, there was no food because of uh, the depression and the war. So we, just, we were malnourished. So um, there were a couple of reasons for it, but the, uh, the good news is that once uh, people like Willie Dixon came along and went, hey, that's, uh, that's my song. Hey, that's my song. Uh, deals were made and those people made a ton of music. And we, young, very young teenagers in America, were exposed to some of the most stunning music we would ever hear. And then we went back and began to dig into the files of all these great artists, artists like Willie Dixon, Blind Lemon, Jefferson, Howlin' Wolf, 
the list goes on and on. They had led bands like Led Zeppelin and uh, Eric Clapton and Cream and other groups um, exposed us to without us even knowing about it. So, Paul Goldsmith, Bobblehead. I got that for you tonight. Autographed Led Zeppelin. I'm going to show it to you again. You guys don't seem too impressed. I got to be honest with you. Okay, it's okay if you're not. But that's, look, that is cool. All right? That is very cool. So, uh, though, that is, um, that is your autograph. Uh, that's your bonus, the bobblehead. Now, let's get into uh, what music we're going to recommend this evening. We're going to go a little bizarre here. Uh, reaching back, too, into the late 60s. Here's an album I bought when I was 12 years old. I still have the album. Bought it when I was 12. Still have it. Okay, here it is. You see that album cover? Kind of cool looking. You guys see it? Kind of cool looking. Show you the back because the backs are always kind of fun too. Pictures of the musicians. So what album is this, ladies and gentlemen? This is by a group called the Amboy Dukes. The Amboy Dukes uh, took their name from an actual uh, pretty serious street gang in New York in the 1930s, I believe. Um, by a band called the Amboy Dukes, the, uh, the cover is a bunch of uh, hash pipes to be honest with you, uh, are pipes to smoke marijuana with. That's what's on the cover. Let me show it to you again. See the good luck. You see that? So, uh, and I'm sorry, on Comedy Schools Radio Network.com, you can't see it, but uh, Craig Jacobs says, love the bobblehead. I collect them and have an Alice Cooper one I'll show you sometime. Hey, please, <coughs> please post a picture of it, Craig. We'd love to see it. <coughs> Excuse me. Doing yard work today. Breathed in a lot of dust. Um, the name of this album is a Journey to the Center of the Mind. Journey to the Center of the Mind, which was a very psychedelic, trippy song from 1967. Leave your cares behind and come with us to the pleasures of the center of the mind. And it was one of those songs that uh, they, they thought it was cool to make uh, like song, music bounce between speakers. So it would only be coming out of one speaker and then the other speaker, the way they engineered it. And if you were high on dope, it uh, tripped you out. What? Okay, not what, but who was the lead guitarist for the Amboy Dukes? None other than the redoubtable Ted Nugent. As a young man, he was in a band called the Amboy Dukes, which later on became Ted Nugent and the Amboy Dukes, and later on just Ted Nugent. The uh, personnel were Andy Solomon, Greg Arama, Steve Farmer on drums, uh, Dave pa no, on uh, rhythm guitar, Dave Palmer on drums, John Drake was the vocalist, pretty good vocalist. Ted Nugent, lead guitar. Journey to Center Mind was a big rock station hit. A big rock station hit. Uh, and it had other trippy, like, sort of 60s psychedelic music uh, titles, like Why Is a Carrot More Orange Than an Orange? They actually named a song that, recorded the song, and sold it uh, via this album. But if you want to hear... A great example of 60s psychedelic rock. And that includes bands like the Electric Prunes, uh, Strawberry Alarm Clock. Listen to Journey to the Center of the Mine by the Amboy Dukes. Now, stay, at that point, it wasn't Ted Nugent the Amboy Dukes. Stephanie Lee Brunham says, nice suit. So, there is a member of the Ramirez family, Ramirez Lowe Brunham family, who likes, um, likes the jacket. Okay, so, uh, 
that's right, Gary. It was a KC classic. Hello, Shelly Austin. So that's our first album. Uh, just, you know, Google or YouTube Journey to Center Mind, and you'll hear a perfect example of late 60s, what was called psychedelic music. Psychedelic music. Things hadn't really quite settled in yet into the uh, rock format. And uh, the, great, uh, the great bands of the 60s uh, hadn't really quite come in their own yet. And you get to hear a sound that uh, was only made during that time and isn't made anymore. Bands like Strawberry Alarm Clock, Electric Prunes, and uh, the Amboy Duke's first album. Check them out. You'll hear a completely very cool song, sound if you, haven't, if you uh, have never heard it before. And if you grew up with it, go back and visit it again. Uh, also, I think Status Quo, the English band, with their song Pictures of Mas- Matchstick Men. A lot of cool 60s psychedelic, psychedelic music. Our second album. Here it is. You see that? A lot of you already know what that is. Okay, that's a snake. On a red background, here's the band. Looking pretty weird. Looking pretty weird. What album is this? This is Killer by Alice Cooper. Now, interestingly, Alice Cooper originally wasn't Vince Fernier, the lead singer. That was the name of the band. He somehow then took on the persona of Alice Cooper. But Killer was a great album. Uh, it has my all-time 13th Floor Elevators. You're right, Stephanie. It's another great psychedelic band. Dickie Palmer says, Strawberry Alarm Clock had a guitarist. They went on to co-write Southern Rock, uh, what Southern Rock anthem? Uh, He specifically wrote the iconic beginning riff. Oh. Uh, I'm trying to think, Dickie, and I don't have it, man. Uh, Sweet Home Alabama. I'm going Sweet Home Alabama. Okay? I'll go with that. Okay? For uh, Diggy Palmer put up, uh, Stephanie Lee Brown says, yeah, yeah. Uh, Craig Jacobs says, have you met Alice Cooper? Yes, I have met Alice Cooper. I met him, uh, I used to teach my workshops at a production studio in North Scottsdale, uh, up by the air park. And uh, they, we shot commercials there. Uh, I, shot, I worked with the production company as well. My wonderful friend, Brad Michelson's uh, production company. We made a, a little web TV show together. And uh, Alice was there shooting a PSA one time, and I met him. Okay, shook his hand. I was correct, Dickie? I, you know, that was just a guess. And the, the guess was off of you saying that he specifically wrote the iconic beginning riff. And when I think of Southern rock anthems, Sweet Home Alabama is the, it's not Skinner's greatest song. Uh, Freebird is. We all got sick of listening to it uh, about a year after it came out because that's all we ever heard. But a stunning piece of work, Freebird. But Sweet Home Alabama, man, that was a game changer. That was a game changer. I can't believe I, I guessed that. I have met Alice Cooper. I did guess right. I did not know that the, uh, I did not know that the uh, uh, guitarist uh, from uh, Strawberry Alarm Clock wrote that. I do know that a guy who played on um, Highway 61 Revisited with Bob Dylan produced, he may have discovered and also produced Leonard Skinner, and that, of course, is Al Cooper. Uh, Shelly Austin says, Strawberry Alarm Clock played at our high school. Man, when I was a little kid, I mean, like 12 and something, I love that song, Incense of Peppermint. Ed King. It was Ed King. That's right. He was with Strawberry Alarm Clock. You know what's weird is how uh, people would so identify with certain kind of music. I like this music, but that music's shit. I like this music, but that music is crap. And how closely related 
all the musicians are either by agency or management or record company are jumping around from different uh that the guy who played the opening organ riff on like a rolling stone was the producer of at least uh, of uh, uh leonard skidder's first two albums um is something that stuns people sometimes and also the same guy created blood sweat and tears al cooper uh stephanie Brownham says hi mom okay good good all right so we were talking alice cooper but we could talk more stuff this song uh under my wheels is one of the greatest i think uh pop rock songs uh ever uh the telephone is ringing donald 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 you got me on the run uh, Be My Lover's Great. Every song on here, Halo of Flies, uh, was not one of my favorites, but a good one. Desperado, same thing. You Drive Me Nervous, very popular. Okay, yeah, 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 popular. Dead Babies, of course, and Killer. But my favorite on this was Under My Wheels. Uh, that's right, Al Cooper. We were talking about Al Cooper, but right now we're talking about Alice Cooper. We can talk Al Cooper, I don't care. I saw the Alice Cooper uh, Killer Tour. And it was nothing like a 16-year-old boy in amphetamines had ever seen before. Because Alice Cooper brought Broadway to rock and roll. In that, on the stage, he had himself hung. Or maybe it was a guillotine. I can't remember. Seems like you would remember the difference between a guillotine and being hung. But it was a massive stage production. Not massive, but a real stage production with fake blood, and hanging, and a whole sort of theatrical act out. Something that people like uh, Meatloaf did later on to uh, great effect as well. But uh, we loved Alice Cooper. Loved him a lot. Uh, he is an icon here in Arizona. He is a Phoenix native. Uh, for years, he had his own place here, Alice Cooper Town. He is uh, known, revered, and loved in, the, uh, in all of Arizona and still in the hearts and minds of anybody who was around when he came out with uh, Killer and other, uh, other great albums from that era. That era. You're right, Diggy. It was a solid stage show. So we talked about Journey to Center Mind. We talked about Alice Cooper. Yeah, I showed you my autographed Led Zeppelin. It's not everybody in Led Zeppelin. It is, uh, it is uh, Jimmy Page and uh, Robert Plant. Uh, and I also showed you my Paul Goldschmidt bobblehead. A lot of fun stuff. You're going to want to tune in tomorrow at 2 and Monday at 2 as well as I get ready to announce the next live Zoom shows that you will be able to attend, live stand-up comedy shows on Zoom for your uh, viewing and listening pleasure. Those will be coming up, uh, so you want to listen to that. Oh, 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 I forgot. The Steve Jones sex pistol story, okay? Uh, by the way, if any young children are listening right now, uh, they should probably go in the other room because it does contain... Uh, certain language that may be inappropriate for uh, kids. Huh? Young listeners. young listeners. Young listeners. So I became friends with a musician in the mid-80s. He was just a funny guy. At first, I didn't know he was a musician. But I, got, I became friends. He was kind of a broke guy. Then I found out he was a musician. And he's with some band called Checkered Past that also had um, Tony Sales, Tony Sales, son of Soupy Sales, bass player for Rick Springfield, and later on with uh, David Bowie and Tin Machine. Uh, Michael DeBar, who also became a friend of mine much later. Great stories about Michael. But this story is about Steve Jones and the Sex Pistols. So I became friends with Steve. And he was a funny guy, talked like this. You know, how you doing, wanker? What's going on? Everything's good. I got no money. I'm broke. Uh, and all I knew is that he was a musician. 
And I used to tease him whenever I see him and go, hey, hey, didn't you used to be, didn't you used to be in the Buckinghams? He go, yeah, that's right, that's me. I was in the Buckinghams. And, uh, I go, one time I teased him, I go, hey, hey, didn't you used to be in the Knack? He goes, oh, be cool, right over there at the other table. We're in a restaurant. He goes, that's the lead singer of the Knack sitting over there. Such is the world of Hollywood. People on their way up, people who are at top, people on the way down, people in waiting rooms getting ready to move back, going to the main stage. Um, Steve Jones. And I was reminded of Steve a couple months ago when I was in Los Angeles driving a rental car and I turned on 95.5 KLOS, one of the big rock stations there. And there was a show on, the afternoon show was Jonesy's Jukebox. He's now a DJ. If you ever wonder what happened to Steve Jones and the Sex Pistols, he's a record producer and a uh, DJ on a venerated rock station in Los Angeles. So we became pals. And one day, he and I were in a restaurant. We just became pals. I thought he was funny. He thought I was funny. You know, uh, not, you know, we just hit it off. And one afternoon, we're having lunch in a restaurant someplace in Hollywood. And someone comes up and goes, could, could, I, just, could I just get your autograph? He goes, oh, all right. Yeah, of course you can. And he gave them their autograph. And so two people did it during the course of lunch. And finally, I look at him and I go, and this is all, I've only known him a few weeks. And there's other people we hung out with. That day, we were waiting for people. And I said, who were you, man? Is that, he goes, you know, and we talked music all the time, you know, and he was a rocker. And uh, he goes, well, um, I was in a band. Uh, I was embarrassed to bring it up to you because I thought you might not like it because, you know, knowing your taste in music, you might have not cared for us. I go, okay, then what band was it? He goes, uh, I was the guitarist in Sex Pistols. Never the Sex Pistols, Sex Pistols. And I went, no, <laughs> shit, you're, he goes, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I was in that band. He goes, I'm broke right now with Sue and the manager. We don't got a penny. Uh, they eventually had something successful uh, in that lawsuit, but uh, Malcolm had ripped them off totally, and the guy was bust. He was kind of couch surfing, but he was on his way back. And because he was a good musician, he started sitting in on other people's records. He was recovering from um, uh, serious drug and alcohol issues, as was I at the time, kind of the connection there without uh, revealing too much. So uh, we became pals. We became pals. Steve Jones of Sex Pistols is my friend. Many years later, well, not many, like three. I'm in New York City doing stand-up county, 25 bucks a night, 100 bucks a night. I'm doing gigs in New Jersey. I'm being driven over to New Jersey to work uh, uh, sports bars as a comic in New Jersey. Then coming back into New York and running around doing all the showcase clubs till 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, I did the Comedy Cellar once. Uh, uh, Danger Fields was... Kind of like, uh, and I would live in these rat traps in New York and uh, spend hardly any money and just run around doing comedy for weeks at a time. And I'd live in Times Square when Times Square was like absolutely horrid, but at the same time, wonderful and beautiful. And it was a great time in my life. It was some days were rough. I'm going, I got five bucks till I get paid. Not tonight, but tomorrow night. You know, I'm living in places with a bathroom down the hall. Uh, but I see that the kinks... I'm going to be playing New York at a place called Caroline's by the Seaport, and the opening act is Steve Jones. I go, oh, wow. Jonesy's going to be in New York. So I find a payphone, and I call. I had his number in a little book. You used to keep numbers in the book quarters. Hello, what's up? Hey, uh, uh, Steve, it's me, Anthony. Anthony, how are you, mate? What are you doing? You f wanker. I go, hey, I'm in New York, man, and I see that you're playing down at, um, uh, you're opening for the Kinks. He goes, yeah, you know, we've we, we got to get gigs. i got this band, but we got to play. I said, I'd love to see you. He goes, are you in New York? And I go, he goes, all right, okay. He goes, um, um, he told me what to do. 
He goes, watch a show and then come backstage. You know, I go, all right. And he told me what to say. So I watched a show and I watched him and he was very, very good. Uh, he brought someone on stage to sing uh, Anarchy in the UK. So it was big outdoor, several thousand people right down on the Hudson River. Uh, and uh, I'm kind of sitting towards the back, but I'm watching and I'm having a good time watching my buddy play guitar. And uh, people are going, play Sex Pistol shit, motherfucker. And, and, he's, you know, and he's trying to play his own music. And he goes, all right, you want a Sex Pistol song? And he looks at somebody and he says, who are you? Who What's your name? Bob. Come up here, Bob. He goes, all right, now you're Bob Rotten. You're Bob Rotten. And you, he goes, you know the words, Anarchy in the UK? He goes, you bet I do, man. All right, you're going to be the singer. You're Bobby Rotten. And they played uh, Anarchy in the UK, and it was a big hit. And that was his last song, and then he got off. Then the Kinks came on, and the Kinks were fantastic. They were fantastic. So that, well, it's time to go back. Okay? So uh, I find my way back. You know, there's, it's not backstage like indoors, backstage outdoors. There's a gate, and I'm there trying to explain to the security guy. I go, I was invited back here by Steve Jones, uh, the, the lead uh, guitarist of the opening act. And, and I'm, I'm trying to explain it to him. And then Steve sees me and goes, I know that wanker. Let him in. And now I'm sitting back in a trailer with all the musicians from Steve's band and Steve. Okay. It's fantastic. Great. <coughs> so I, I didn't meet the Kinks. And it turned out the Kinks were um, not being real nice to him. This is kind of common a lot of times. Uh, I heard, it, for instance, that when Bob Dylan and Merle Haggard toured together, Bob Dylan did not talk to or acknowledge Merle Haggard once. But that's a different story. And that they only let him use half the sound system. I didn't want, you know, they wanted to, you know, have it all to themselves. So now I go out and I am hanging out with Steve Jones and his band in New York City. And we're taking cabs and we're going and we're eating dim sum. And uh, I'm sober and uh, Steve's off heroin. And I think the drummer was sober. And we're just going from club to club. And finally Steve goes, well, let, you know, let's go to the Limelighter. And Limelighter was in an old church. Oh, we went to a first, an old church. And we're at the Limelighter, which used to be a Catholic church. And now it's a disco. And then Steve goes, this is boring. Let's go to the Ritz. And we go to this old bombed out movie theater somewhere. I don't even know where we are. And we're up on the balcony. And I think the band Fear was on stage, leaving in fear. And Steve and I are standing on the stage. And it's all these kids that are pasty white with the, you know, with the spiked hair and, and uh, uh, safety pins through their nipples and and uh, uh, leather jackets with no shirt, you know, and they're stage diving, and, and it's madness. It's bedlam. And Steve and I are just standing there watching it, and he's looking at this, and he looks at me, he goes, it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> and I go, yeah, Steve Jones of the Sex Pistols in the balcony at a fear concert at the bombed-out, uh, dilapidated Ritz Theater in New York, watching people shooting up in the corner Okay, uh, people jumping off the stage, uh, madness ranging. And he looks around, the lead guitarist of the Sex Pistols goes, it's crazy, isn't it? I go, yeah, it is. And then I looked at him, I go, and you started it. <laughs> and he got a look in his eyes, kind of funny for a second. He goes, you know, I suppose we did. He goes, but that's not, was never the plan. He goes, I was a rocker. I wanted to play rock. You know, I would play hard riffs. Okay, Malcolm was the one who came out with that punk shit, and we were punks and dressed us up that way and all that sort of thing. And the whole thing just kind of took off and got away from us. I go, wow. 
I said, so you want to be a rocker? He goes, yeah. He goes, look, when I was a kid, there were two things I was good. He goes, you got to understand, in England, we were poor. He goes, rock and roll was the way out. That was it. There was no other way out. He goes, we were starving. We were, so he goes, it was Thatcher's England, and we were hungry. He goes, and the only way out was, you know, he goes, I knew how to do two things well. I knew how to do two things well, and that was steal cars and play the guitar. I could either be a car thief or a rock and roller. I go, oh. and he goes, and I discovered I got more blowjobs when I played the guitar. <laughs> and I said, so a whole genre of music based around the fact that you could get blowjobs. He goes, yeah, you know, I suppose so, yes. About that time, the manager of the club came over with this girl who he could tell was pretty under a whole bunch of stuff but was totally punked out. And he goes, uh, Mr. Jones, uh, this is uh, Sheila. And Sheila would consider an honor, sir, if you would let her blow you. And he kind of looked at her and he goes, you know, I, I, would love, I would love to let her do that. It's very kind of you. But right now I'm here talking with my friend Anthony and perhaps some other time. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is my uh, Alan Chamberlain. Hello, Peggy Witzke. Hello. That is my Steve Jones Sex Pistols story from 1988. I hope Steve doesn't uh, mind me telling it. Great, great guy. Great guy. I miss him. I miss all of you. Okay? But I get to connect with you a little bit right here uh, on Facebook Live every day at 2 p.m. except Saturday night at 7. So make sure that you uh, uh, pop back in tomorrow at 2. In the next couple of days, I'll be announcing our first live Zoom show that you'll be able to uh, attend, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm going to make it a, uh, a fun show. I will headline the show. I'll tell you what the, who the comics will be on the first show. Um, uh, the comics on the first show will be Travis Minor, Abadav Goyle, and DJ Payne. And I will headline it. It will either be in one week or two. Watch for announcements on my Facebook page and, of course, here. We got to go. We don't want to go, but we got to go. All right? You stay safe. You stay sane. And by the way, if you ever thought about doing a stand-up comedy workshop and working with me on Zoom, and I would love that, uh, go to ComedySchools.com and sign up for my beginning stand-up comedy workshop that's starting this Tuesday at 6 p.m. All right. That's it. Uh, Diggy Palmer says, ha, you mean no BJs at the chop shop? Yeah, nothing. No, Diggy, no. no. All right, guys. I got to go. For my producer, happens to be my wife, Shirley Lovisic. I want to thank you for watching Living on a Thin Line right here on Facebook Live, YouTube, uh, Comedy Schools channel, and, of course, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. Till tomorrow at 2. Bye-bye. All right. I speak YouTubers, tonight YouTubers, thanks for, for watching. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. And the death of <laughs>